occult crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. Hey, welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. This is episode 42. I'm Abby. I'm Kate, and we'll be your ghostesses this evening. What are you talking about today, Kate? I'm going to be telling you about Agnes Sampson and the North Berwick Witch Trials. Interesting. Sounds like something I've not heard before. I'm talking about shadow people. Sounds horrific already. Yeah, might freak you out a bit. Straight off the get-go, sounds like something I don't want to know about. You probably don't, to be honest. It's a bit freaky, but I'm going to tell you anyway, so... Well, before you do tell me the horrible, horrible things, let me start off by telling you some news I found that is spooky, but wonderfully spooky. Okay, I'm excited. The Loch Ness Monster is real and we have more proof. What? (laughs) Yeah, tell me about it. According to a Mirror article from today, there have been seven Loch Ness Monster sightings so far in 2020. That's a decent amount. She's been out and about. That's nearly one a month. It was done by a tourist called Mr. Van Schuerbeck, and he was just taking a normal photo of the loch while he was visiting. However, in the distance, you can see a dark object in the water near Point Clare. So that was the one from the tail end of August. But the other ones that have happened this year are... So five of them are from the Locks webcam, which you can just go on whenever you want, and it gives you like a 360 degree... That's so cool. Why have we not done that yet? Well, I can tell you what we will be doing after this. (laughs) Additionally, Ross McAuley is a firefighter who previously didn't believe in Nessie, but he saw her, and now he believes. So he photographed a 12-foot-long animal on his phone. He was originally driving down the road on July 8th when he saw a couple kayakers in the lock when he was just, you know, glancing down, driving. However, there was something else in there with them, about 100 yards ahead of them. Obviously, since Ross didn't believe in the Loch Ness Monster, he just thought, nah, it's probably a big rock. But then he was thinking about it, and he was like, wait a second, I know this lock, and there's never been a big rock there before. Was Nessie also in a kayak? (laughs) I hope so. So when he looked again, the dark mass had moved to the middle of the lock, meaning it had done around 400 yards in a minute against the wind. Well, we've debunked it. Nessie's real. Yeah. Ross it's right said, there. Ross said it was 12 foot long and 4 foot wide, and he never saw a head or neck, just a hump. Too big to be a seal, and it was definitely swimming, because it went against the wind, so it couldn't have been a log. That's super exciting. Yeah. I'll have to look up those photos and we'll have to do the 360. Yeah. 24-hour live stream 360 of Loch Ness. So exciting. It is really exciting. Glad that Nessie is alive and well. Yeah, people are still thinking about her even though they're all... You, you see know. that fake news article that was like, Nessie has coronavirus. It was Bessie has coronavirus. Oh. Actually, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Her cousin, <laughs> Bessie. Cressy. Well, I hope she's I hope she's real and I hope she's listening right now. We love you, Nessie. <laughs> Shout out to Nessie. Alright, I'm gonna get talking about some spooky stuff now. If you must. So it might freak you out a little bit, you might also be able to relate, maybe, if you've seen a shadow person. My sources are sstimes.com, bustle.com, shadowpeople.org, pararational.com, demonicpedia.com, 
psychokineticpowers.com. Pow- Sorry, these are all so long. Really out of And alivebout.com. So the shadow person is like sort of a concept or a phenomenon that many people have had. So picture this. I'm going to do what you usually do and get all dramatic. Oh my God. You're minding your own business. And at the corner of your eye, you see something or someone standing there. This is already wrong because I am never minding my own business. A <laughs> dark shape. But when you look straight at them, they disappear, making you think you've simply imagined it. Some people report the feeling of, se- of uh, someone standing directly behind them or seeing a shadow, but the figure leaving or darting out of you when you try to get a good look at it. This is often referred to as a shadow person. Horrific. Many people also report seeing them during sleep paralysis and feeling feeling or hearing them before you go to sleep, like whispering your name or something. You might even see them hiding on your ceiling. Oh, don't like that. No, thank you. People- also, how do you hide on the ceiling? <laughs> you know, like in the corner, you know, like in uh, Hereditary is how uh, I imagined it. Yeah. Sort of like that or just kind of stuck to the ceiling. Horrific. People who report seeing shadow people say that they are around seven feet tall. And they're also the most reported type of ghost sighting, if that's what you believe they are. Also, I just realised I completely forgot to mention this was a request. My bad. Oh, nice one. I didn't forget you for requesting this. The term shadow people, shadow person really, term shadow people person, is thought to be used in 2001 by a Native American elder named Thunderstrikes or Harley Swift Deer Reagan during a radio show when listeners were encouraged to send in drawings of shadow people they'd seen. What a fabulous name. Yeah, so that's kind of how it sort of... People started sort of putting a name to it, I guess, Mm because before then, I'm sure people have seen them, but... Yeah, they were just like, oh, creepy shadow-looking thing in the corner. Yeah. It was later popularised by author Heidi Hollis in the same year when she began publishing several books on the topic. But shadow people have thought to have been around since the beginning of time, Descriptions of shadowy human-like figures appeared in ancient folklore as pitch-black sapient beings that desired blood. They often seem to be wrapped in an old cloak and really try to communicate. They can also walk through physical objects. Oh. But what are they? Horrific. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I've got it. I've hit the nail on the head. Right, I'm going to be telling you... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but also, no one can agree. No one knows. It's not like a demon where everyone's like, oh, this is bad. You should fear it. No one knows what to think of shadow people. Well, maybe it's like ghosts. All right. Wait, I'm not done. Wait, no. I'm you just, will have your... <laughs> no, I'm just trying to say like, because some of them are nice. Some of them are not. It's like people, isn't it? Shadow. What? People. Exactly. You're right. Many people think that they might be the true form of a ghost. Or they might be a demon. <laughs> they could also be sent to watch over us or guide us along a path if you believe them to be a positive entity. Uh, they may be people who are having an out-of-body experience or astral projection, projecting, uh, which you talked about in an earlier episode. But it's kind of when, if you haven't listened to that, you have an out-of-body experience and travel to what's thought to be the astral realm. And perhaps a shadow person is you seeing someone's astral body for a short amount of time. I think that one was over on Patreon, wasn't it? No. Was it not? I I don't think so. Oh, Moyland. We don't even know anymore. 42 episodes, Jesus. I know, we've been doing this for far too long. This is our final episode. No, it's not. (laughs) 
So I kind of like this next idea, which is that, you know, unsurprisingly, they could be people from an alternate dimension that's kind of overlapping with ours. So you have a glimpse into a parallel universe, like maybe you appear as a shadow person to them. Oh, like in Doctor Who. I was thinking that. We don't want to stay on this for too long because people probably do not know about what we're talking about. But I know exactly what you meant. I was thinking about it. I was like, oh my god. Right? Okay, a quick summary. Basically, the Cybermen are like turning up, but no one knows that they're Cybermen. They just kind of look like the outline of a person. Everyone's like, look, Grandad's back for Christmas. But it's not Grandad. It's Cyberman. Yeah, and then later on, the the parallel universes get so close together Mm -hmm. that it ends up becoming a Cyberman. So I guess kind of like that, yeah. Yeah. I love that you thought about that as well. So I kind of like that because obviously I like to think about alternate dimensions, but also because some sightings report seeing a shadow person walking through a room in their house and not really paying much attention to them. So like some people will see a shadow person and it'll look right at them and then it'll like just kind of stare at them. But often you'll be kind of sat on your couch and you'll see one walk past you, but it won't be bothered by you. It'll just be doing its own thing. Fair. I mean, that could just be... A ghost still, though, depending on how you look at ghosts. Like, if you look at a ghost as being an imprint of the life of the person that was there before, they might just be going about their normal day, you know, which could explain why they could walk sort of through walls. I think the main difference is, like, when you see a ghost, you can look at a ghost, whereas a shadow person, you usually can't directly look at it. Like, sometimes you can, but it's usually when you look at it, it leaves. Fair. I think oh, so they look I different, know. I guess. That's crazy, though, because obviously when I had my ghost experience downstairs and it walked right past me, I didn't see it. So was it a shadow person? Did it look like a shadow or a person? Well, that's the or thing, Or a though, shadow person. Because your peripheral vision has no cones or very few cones in your eye. So you can't actually see colour in the corners of your eye. So is it a shadow or is it a person? You can't? Well. You say things on this podcast and I learn an entirely new thing. We learned about it in psychology. Oh, of course you did. Have I mentioned? (laughs) (laughs) Some people think that shadow people are time travellers. So people from the future travelling back to our timeline and as they're moving on our timeline they appear just as shadows since they can't exist in this period of time. And that could be because, you know, they just didn't exist then so they appear as that or they are... The technology they have in the future allows them to just kind of not pe- people not see them, I guess. So they wouldn't distract you or be like, you know, why does that person look like that? Seems weird that it would be happening, though. Okay, you don't have to debunk all of these as we go, but yeah. I'm not it trying... Pretty- no, I'm just trying to talk to you. Sorry, <laughs> I feel like I'm saying things and you're like, mm, maybe. <laughs> no, I'm just confused about it because I wouldn't be like, I'm going to create this machine that enables other people to see me, but not me. The shadow of me. And not just me. The shadow of a select few people. It's just a it's just a shadow. Yeah. But why? Well, maybe it malfunctioned. I don't think that's the main theory. I think the theory is just that they can't appear on the timeline as this because they didn't exist. Alright. But I don't know. It's just an idea. <laughs> Heidi Hollis, so the woman who wrote that book, believes that shadow people are aliens as well as paranormal investigator Rosemary Ellen Guiley. How is it that with every story you do, you bring up other dimensions and aliens without fail? Well, I really try to, 
I could be like, tell me about the <laughs> spooky mean. plumbing in this place. And you're like, well, there's an alien stuck in there in a different dimension. Well, there might be. I mean, because you never know. Uh, I suppose. I should have studied geophology rather than demonology. I'm not going to lie. Well, you can study both. So Rosemary thinks that people who see shadow people have also had an extraterrestrial experience and particularly those who have seen, who have been abducted by aliens, or who claim that they've been abducted by aliens, have then seen shadow people afterwards. Or okay. before. So it could be the aliens kind of, that's how they're appearing to us, and then they take you, or something like that. But not everyone has been abducted by aliens. Maybe some of them just look at you. Maybe some of them just have a little look. Maybe some of them are like, oh, she looks nice. And some of them are like, I'm going to take her with me to the spaceship. I'm going to eat you into the air with me. You never know. Okay. If they are a ghost or another type of spiritual or interdimensional being uh, coming to watch over you, they may also be a soul taking the form of a humanoid to keep you feeling calm during the experience. However, most people who report seeing or feeling a shadow person tend to experience extremely overwhelming feelings of dread or seeing the beings with glowing red eyes, which is never a good sign, to be honest. Well, I mean, a lot of people are just afraid of the dark, though. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. Sorry. God. I didn't, re- oh, didn't realise you'd written everything down, Abby. My goodness. I'm incredibly prepared. A lot of people are just afraid of the dark, though. Oh, really? I hadn't even thought of that. What a good idea. And then, obviously, there's encounters you may experience during sleep paralysis, which a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many people report experiencing the feeling of someone sitting on your chest or choking them, or yeah. they might see a shadow person like suffocating you, right? which happens more than I would like to talk about, to be honest. I, it's a big fear of mine. We also talked about sleep paralysis over in the mini-episode with Megan. Yeah, we did. Others say that they see a terrifying shadow of a person creep around their bedroom while they're unable to speak or move. And even if the room is dark, the shadow person is thought to be even darker and they stand out in the pitch black. Hmm. It's not possible. Most commonly... Well, you don't know because you've not seen one, obviously. Most commonly, they stand in your doorway while you sleep, just kind of observing you. Have a look. Some paranormal investigators argue that although you may feel fear or dread when seeing a shadow person, this does not make them harmful or dangerous, as it would be a normal reaction to seeing anything strange or unusual when you're in the night. Yeah, 100%. Like, I could wake up. Well, it's like, sometimes, if I'm having a sleepover, I wake up and I see, like, for example, your hair. And I freak out. I'm like, oh my god, there's this, like, creepy, hairy animal next to me. And I absolutely lose it i used to do that all the time when i was young and i used to stay in my mom's bed if i had a nightmare Mm. i'd wake up in the night and i'd see just her face and i'd be like there's a monster yeah or i used to have a chair by the bottom of my bed which sounds horrific but it wasn't and it would have clothes on it and sometimes it kind of looked like a person so i would see it shit myself and then just be like oh it's just clothes but it does happen at night where you're vulnerable yeah, you're vulnerable and your eyes haven't quite adjusted. My so eyes can't adjust. I'm legally blind. Kate wears very thick glasses <laughs> if you haven't seen any photos of her. Uh, I guess if you see a shadow of a person in the night, 
and you're vulnerable and you see this, you're going to freak out no matter what it is. But it's like with ghosts. A lot of ghosts are just chilling or they are people, you know, who are probably really nice. Old grandmas, nice yeah. people. But if I saw a ghost more than I've like seen before, like an actual ghost, I would crap my pants. Yeah, well, not only that. It doesn't matter if it's a ghost or if it's like even just a person. If your parent or sibling or other half or whatever walked into a room where you weren't expecting them to be, you turn around and they're there. Just stood in the doorway. It's horrifying. Yeah, well, especially because like if you are imagining, if you see something in your house, you're not expecting there to be another person in there, surely. Yeah, so especially you if you live alone. Regardless. Oh, definitely. Oh, my gosh. So like anything, there are different types of shadow people. And the one that is thought to be the most demonic in nature is the hat man. Because as we know, hats are terrifying. He's also sometimes referred to as the top hat demon. The hat man has been reported all over the world and is usually described as a tall shadow man with a wide brimmed hat. He has no face. What kind of hat are we talking? Wide brimmed. Well, you said top hat. Yeah, wide brimmed, top hat or fedora. Those are the three. Cowboy hat. No, but if I saw a, a shadow figure with a cowboy hat, I would be excited because Be- cowboys are really cool. Beekeeper hat. No, I don't think it's just a random hat. I think it's those, those three. Those are underratedly scary. They are. Beekeeper costumes? Stuff of nightmares. We're not talking about beekeeper costumes, Sorry. but they are very scary. I will agree. <laughs> Unlike most shadow figures that leave after being seen, the hat man stays for prolonged periods of time. And he's not afraid to touch or hurt you. Oh, no. Another reason the hat man is thought to be sinister is because he's often associated with hostile environments or a sign that something evil or dark is about to happen. Almost like he's attracted to those kind of environments. Many people who've reported seeing the hat man also witness family breakdown, negative atmospheres, depression or domestic disturbances. Some people think the hat man is feeding off of your fear and that's why he shows up during this time. And some people think that he's an angel of death who arrives before a dramatic negative change or the death of a loved one. Why is he wearing a hat? To be respectful. So that you can tell it's him. You're like, oh, it's just a shadow person. (laughs) It's the hat man. Well, I guess you would. Yeah, you'd have to stand out. Or maybe he's balding. Maybe he's balding. It's the comb over man. (laughs) He's getting really sick of it. The wig man. The wig man. My God, it's Mr. Toupee. <laughs> no, that's horrible. But it, as soon as it can touch me, that's when I'm not on board with any of this. Yeah, he can he can tug like sort of tug at your clothes or touch you, or he can speak to you like he's mocking you. What the fuck is this garb? <laughs> Take this off. <laughs> Though the human-shaped shadow person is the most commonly reported, occasionally people claim to have seen shadow animals. They show up as small animals and they're hard to spot because they're obviously closer to the ground. Reports of shadow animals often talk about rats, birds, spiders, and most commonly cats who move very quickly. How do you feel about that? Fine. I have a sixth sense for when a cat is real. <laughs> I know where exactly where cats are. You can put me in a field and like hide a cat and I will know exactly where This I'm isn't in. true. I've been on walks with you and seen cats and you've not even Not noticed. true. No. False. I just don't tell you about them. Why do we have secret cats? They're mine. Not yours. Shadow. I don't like the idea of shadow spiders, though. 
No, me either. That makes me... But at least it's better than a real one. True, yeah. Shadow people may also appear of cloud as clouds of black smoke or dark mist that change in shape. They may also appear in tall human form while you're in the woods. Like Slenderman? Sort of. These ones are said to be called shadow stalkers and they hang around in the trees. Oh! But they're usually thought to be protectors of nature. So they won't hurt you, they're just protecting the forest. They're called stalkers. And they it's because they only mimic people who see them. So if you move, they'll move with you. And if you stop, they will also stop. I hate that. But if you run, they'll run. Yeah, but they're not trying to get you. What if you run at them? They'll run at you. And then... <laughs> Clash. When worlds collide. There are so many thoughts and ideas for these things. Like the shadow people, It's there's just so much... And there's obviously also the idea that none of this is real. It's just overactive, ima- overactive imagination. Or you're already afraid of the dark, so your brain's just kind of making stuff up, like what you said when you sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, science also says that shadow people may just be a result of long periods of sleep deprivation. Which, I guess, would also make sense. Yeah, but this doesn't explain the hat man. That's true. The hat man is different. Why is he wearing a hat? So, before I finish up and ask you what you think of this, I'm going to read just a short story of someone who claimed to see a shadow person. It's from shadowpeople.org, who hold all the rights to it, and you can read more over there. There's a bunch of stories. This story is from Warwolf, and it's from 1999. When I was young, about ten years old, I remember something a ten-year-old would never forget. One night when I was sleeping in my room, I woke up for no reason and looked around the room, still sitting on my bed. At the time, I had no curtains on my windows, which is horrific in itself. Mm -hmm. When I looked out the window, I saw a black shadow staring at me. To describe it, it had no face. It was just plain black. I was so scared that I couldn't move. I was too scared to turn the lights on, so I hid under blankets. I was puzzled also because who would be staring at me from the second floor window? The next day I told my mother about this. I think she believed me. We put a blanket over my window so it wouldn't bother me anymore, and after that it didn't bother me. But the very next night my mom told me a black shadow came to her sliding door window. It was just staring at her, so she got up to turn the lights on, but it was no longer there. She shut the curtains and left it at that. Every night she reminded me to shut all the curtains in the house. Goodness. A few years later my little brother had the same experience. He woke up crying and he was too scared to sleep alone for a long time. He was only eight years old at the time. I don't know why this thing bothered us, but I can only give you advice. Close your curtains at night so nothing will look at you. It's a big spooky one. Big spook. I don't like that. No? You should close your curtains. I actively dislike that, in fact. Yeah, I really fear people looking at me through the... Through the window. Honestly, I'm pretty sure everyone does. I don't know why I keep voicing my own fears on this show. But I am so afraid of being buried alive. <laughs> yeah, Abby. But yeah, there, there are hundreds of stories on shadowpeople.org if you want to go check it out. I could read more of them, but we would be here for a really long time. That's so, awful. Yeah, do you want to talk about what you think? Let's do the scale first, and then we'll talk about your ideas. Okay. So, how scary do you think Five. this is? Five? Yeah, hate it. Danger? Five. But they don't kill you or anything. Well, the hat man can touch me and hurt me. That's not dangerous, though. He just touches you. He can hurt you. He might suffocate you a bit. Uh, five. <laughs> also, Likelihood of something spooky. 
five. Oh my god, fives all across the board, ladies and gents, and everybody else. I hate it. Okay, what are your ideas? A ghost. A demon. I suppose another universe. But what confuses me, though, is that... So, like in that story, it was obviously trying to look at you. It was obviously trying to... It wasn't just walking through the room... It was coming to the window, and then when one window was closed off, it went to the sliding door. Yeah. That's not it just going on its merry way. That's Yeah, scary. it was trying. I was also thinking as well that people talking about how they were on the ceiling. Yeah. And like trying to suffocate them. I don't know how that would relate to a parallel universe. Unless in a different universe, people just walk up the walls. Okay, I mean, it could be possible. It could be, like, a universe where up is down, you know? Yeah, but what are the chances compared to just something freaky? I really don't like that. What I don't like as well is that we're grouping the hat man with shadow people when he might be something, or they might be something different entirely. They just kind of look alike, or maybe they've taken on the persona of a shadow person. Like, the demon could be... The shadow person, oh my god, the hat man could be a demon and the shadow person is just something else. Yeah. That's entirely possible, yeah. I hadn't really thought about that. I guess he just would be something separate. Yeah, because, I mean, like, demons lie, don't they? Yeah. They'll say, if you're trying to communicate with them through a Ouija board, they say, like, my name's Belle, I'm five. Yeah. And it, they're not Belle. So and they're not five. No, they are not. Um, I'm thinking maybe it could be something like that. Like, I'm just a shadow person. You know, yeah, and because they look similar, you you think that yeah. they might be because I'm doubting that any sort of qualified persons have seen a shadow man and also the hat man. True, yeah, it's unlikely you've seen both. Yeah, so you might just be thinking that you're seeing the similar sort of thing. Yeah, that's some spooky stuff. Yeah. Okay, so on your idea, you're saying hat man is not a shadow person. Well, it might not be. I don't know. Or it might just be like people where the hat man is just not a nice one and other shadow people are just chill. They're just a bit bored. They can't sleep. They only come out at night. There's not much to do. Might as well look at you drooling all over your pillow, you know? Have a look, have a laugh, you know? Okay, you got any other ideas before we move on? I don't think so. Alright, well, if you like the podcast, you can please go follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MythsMagicPod. You can also go over to our Patreon if you would like to support the podcast. Thank you to everyone who already does that. It helps us run the show, pay for hosting, and support the mics and stuff. So if you want to go to there, you can go to patreon.com forward slash MythsMagicMurder. Yeah, over on Patreon, we've got some exclusive content, so you guys get something in return. And we don't have a tier system, so you can give us as little or as much as you want, and you get like pre-release information about what the episodes are going to be. Uh, we've got some videos on there, some extra voice tapes on there, and we'll be doing more with Patreon as we so go along. So you should do that, and also... If you have any spooky stories, haunted happenings, or terrifying tales, you can email those over to us at mythsmagicandmurder at gmail.com. Fabulous. You want to tell me your story? Yeah, I'll get right into it. Please do. So, my sources are wikipedia, helistar.com, brooklynmuseum.org, executedtoday.com, 
ngoal.info, british-paranormal.co.uk, and gla.ac.uk. So, you're probably wondering, as I was, who the heck is Agnes Sampson? Well, I'm here to tell you. This story takes us back to the 1590s. No one knows when Agnes was born, or even how old she was by this point. Presumably because, again, as in other episodes, records were often lost, destroyed, or just not taken. Yeah, a bit long ago, wasn't it? A little bit. Anyway, apparently, according to some people, she was middle-aged, other people she was elderly, so she's not a young woman. She's a mother, and she's presumed to be a widow by 1590. She was also a midwife and a healer to all. She used a lot of herbal remedies to aid people, and her motivation was always charitable. She did some questionable medical procedures as well, but I don't think there were any underlying red flags there. I just think 16th century was a bit whack. Yeah, we should do a minisode on some of the weird things that they did for medicine. Yeah, I've mentioned a couple things. So she would administer powders, eggs soaked in vinegar and iris. Uh, she would rub whiskey onto an area that was hurt, and she would pray. So, Yeah, I just kind of feel standard for the time, doesn't it, really? Yeah. Anyway, everyone loved good old Agnes. She was brilliant, became quite a prominent person in Netherkeith, which is in East Lothian, or Haddingtonshire, as it was known then. It's no longer known as that. In Scotland. But of course, since a motherly woman was doing well and progressing in her field, she had to be using sorcery. So, to understand why sorcery was people's go-to in Scotland at the time, let me tell you the background. So, it's springtime. Oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> 1590. King James VI of Scotland has just got back from marrying Anne and visiting her family over in Denmark. So... Over in Denmark, they've got a big issue in the Danish court with witchcraft and the black arts. They were clamping down on it, ready in their sort of position on everything, figuring stuff out before they went full throttle. And King James was like, oh man, they're doing some forward thinking stuff over there. I'll do that when I get home. Anyway, so he's on his boat on the way home and there's a bunch of storms and none of them were predicted. It's just horrible for them, really. The next month, Denmark starts their witch hunt. One of the victims is Anna Coldings. Now, I might go back to the the witch hunts in Denmark at some point in another episode, but I'm not going to do it here. But at the crux of it, Anna's basically just like, I know the guys that caused the storms for King James. Which, I don't know how legit that was. Hmm. But she outs these people and said that they supposedly sent devils to climb up the keel of Anne of Denmark's ship. So it was nothing to do with James. It was all about Anne, really. So upon hearing this, King James is like, so by autumn, lots of witches are dying in Scotland. Interestingly, this whole thing was the basis of Shakespeare's Macbeth. That is interesting. I like Macbeth. <laughs> Good addition. Sorry. <laughs> Agnes was snitched on by a woman named Gillis Duncan. Gillis had been tortured by her employer, David Seaton, because she would sneak out and apparently had a miraculous healing ability. I don't know if that means she healed quickly or whether she healed others well. Mm. So, a bit of both. 
Possibly. I think it's probably that she healed others well, because that's why Agnes looked a bit suspicious. Yeah. So anyway, Gillis said that she knew witches. Agnes Sampson was the eldest witch of them all, dwelling in Haddington. Agnes Thompson of Edinburgh. Dr. Fian Elias John Cunningham, master of the school at Saltpans in Lothian. George Mott's wife, dwelling in Lothian. Robert Grierson, skipper. And Janet Blandilands, with the potter's wife of Seaton, the smith at Brig Hallis, and innumerable others in those parts. Were those words? Right. Scotland man. <laughs> yeah, so... Gillis was basically just like, I know a whole bunch of them, outed a whole bunch of people's names, ruined their lives. Obviously, all of these people were arrested and tried in court. Agnes didn't confess to anything in court, but she was then kept in prison and tortured. And she's quite prominent in the trials because basically the king got involved and he was like, well, you have to confess. And she was like, no, don't. And then she didn't confess. And then everyone was like, oh, James, you look like a bit of a prat now. Mm. So he was then just like, this woman has to confess and be executed. So he was on the warpath. Yeah. While it, they were sorry, is King James King James is the same guy that uh cracked down on the Pendle witches, isn't he? I can't remember. I think he is. Well, it would be around 1612. I think he, yeah, cuz he was starting the witch the witch hunts. Yeah, well, he started them in in Scotland. Because he was the king of Scotland. Yeah, I think it might have been the same guy. Perhaps. Sorry if I'm wrong about that. I think it might be the... While they were torturing Agnes, they also realised that they should be looking for a privy mark or a privy mark, which is basically any mark on your body that people can be like, that's from the devil. So like Like a mole. mole. Yeah. Like a mole, a skin tag, a birthmark, anything. The privy mark was normally found under hair, so they completely shaved Agnes's body. Then she was kept in a witch's bridle, which is otherwise known as a scold's bridle. If you don't know what that is, then you're lucky, because it's horrific. It's not nice. Basically, have you ever seen the film Saw? Yes. With the thing they put on their heads? Yes. It's kind of like that, except there are two prongs sort of forced into the mouth. Either side of the tongue. Oh, I've seen these, yeah. So you can't talk. And two forced into your cheeks. So it's really uncomfortable. You can't talk, you can't eat, you can't it's drink. Awful, yeah. yeah. And gosh. then it's strapped to the wall. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She was refused clothing, food, and sleep. And her breathing was controlled. That's insane. Yeah. So by the end of it, she'd been so broken down that she just confessed to the 53 indictments against her. Many of these involved the attempted assassination of King James. She also said she'd caused the storm that drowned Jane Kennedy, who was one of the companions of Queen Mary... Mary Scott. You know her. We know her. By sinking a dead cat, and that her and her companions had attached part of dead people to the dead cat, and then left it in the sea. Okay. Yeah. In addition, she confessed to having exhumed corpses for medical purposes 
and the powders she used for women in childbirth were made of the corpse's joints. Ew. Yeah. But I don't know how true that is because she was tortured for days. Oh yeah, definitely. She wasn't the only victim accused, as I said, and she wasn't the only victim accused to suffer extreme torture. Dr. Fion had his fingernails forcibly extracted and iron pins were forced in afterwards. Oh my gosh, we should have put a warning on for this. This is gross. It is a bit gross. His thumbs were crushed. No. And he was forced to wear the boot. Not the boot. Which is an old torture device. Uh, It basically crushes the bones in your legs and your feet. I think that's all of the gross stuff. Okay. (laughs) Warning for gross stuff. (laughs) I'm really sorry. All in all, it's expected that around three to 4,000 people died as a result of being accused of witchcraft between 1560 and 1707. My gosh. Then, on the 28th of January, 1591, not 1951, good God. Oh my God, could you imagine? Agnes was strangled and burnt at the stake in Edinburgh's Castle Hill, which is at the top of uh, the mile. goes like from the high street up to the castle. Agnes now roams around the halls of Holyrood Palace, which is a palace in Edinburgh. One of the most recent occasions that someone saw her was in 2014, where a maintenance man saw a bald, tortured old woman appear at the end of a well-lit corridor while he was trying to fix a lock. As she moved towards him, she was walking as if she was in just crippling pain. He screamed, and she disappeared. All of the sightings of Agnes have been the same, so we can kind of gather that it is the same ghost that they're all seeing, and it's been seen across the centuries. Interestingly, you may have heard of Agnes without even realising it, as her name is mentioned in the seventh episode of American Horror Story Apocalypse. Oh, the more you know. She's the one that is said to have perfected a poison powder fatal only to men. Interesting. And that's all I have on the horrible, disheartening story of Agnes Sampson. Well, this has been a horrible time. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'm now very upset. It was interesting. It is interesting. It just always makes me sad when we talk about uh, witch trials in general, because they're just so horrible and unnecessary. And I know that every everything we talk about that is about death is, but I think it's just because of the mass amounts and, like, no one did anything wrong. No. For the most part. Well, that's like... the hard bit. Like, even Gillis, was it? I can't remember. Immediately. I've only just finished the story. Um, but she was tortured. That's why she gave up the names. Well, people people will just say things if they're being put in that position. Yeah, if it's either make up a lie or continue being tortured, what are you going to pick? Exactly. It's just terrible. All right. We're going to go in... With the scare scale. Okay. How scary do you think it would have been to be in the sort of witch trial area of Scotland? Five. Five. Definitely. Because I they would have thought I was a witch. Well, I think as well, even if you hadn't been accused, you would have the fear of being accused. Yeah. Because anyone can accuse you and any evidence is seen as good. Well, it was. Well, also, there isn't really any evidence. They just say things and they want to be like, oh, she's a witch. What do you think the danger 
Agnes Sampson posed was. You mean, like, how dangerous was she? Yeah. Zero. Zero. Right? I am... I would be surprised if she was actually a witch. Yeah, it kind of just sounds like they broke her down to the point where she... She just couldn't do something. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like even if she was a witch and she was you know, doing all all these witchy stuff. She was obviously just doing good things if she was healing people, surely. Yeah. If if she was going either to heal people. If she was a malicious person or a dangerous person with witchcraft or in general, surely she wouldn't be using everything she'd learned to help people. Right? It wouldn't make any sense. I think that's the thing that makes me frustrated as well with these stories. It's like it, it's always people who are healing people. Or helping people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, why are you so mad then? It's just it's just bad. It's Which just... is crazy. Absolutely crazy. What is the likelihood she was a witch? Like, an, like a, just in general? Mm-hmm. Two? Fair. I think it's kind of a broad term for the time, because if she was healing people, she could have been, you know had a understanding of herbal remedies and, you know, been a, a witch in that way. Yeah. Or she could have just sort of understand how to help people because no one knew how to heal people in those times. No. They were just doing the maddest stuff ever. Maybe she figured something out and it wasn't witchcraft and she just realised, like, oh, this has antibacterial properties. Yeah. I don't think she would have said that, but you know what I mean. And then, Well, yeah, it's like if she was using uh, tea tree oil for, like, a wound, you know, and she was just like... Ah, yes, this oil on that wound. And then it turns out nowadays we know that it has antibacterial qualities. But at the time, she might have just been like, oh, that works. Exactly, yeah. Any ideas? Poland was tortured until they got it out of her. Yeah, just a a sad, sad tale. Yeah, pretty much. I would like to hear about the other other trial that you, you talked about, though, in a different episode. The Denmark one? Yeah. Yeah, it seems interesting because that one kind of kicked it all off. Yeah. Without that, who knows, the king might have just not gone on the rampage. Mm, well. We'll never know. We will never know. But if you like this episode, would you please go and give us a review over on iTunes? Yeah, and if you listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, then please just hit the follow button because it helps us more than you think it does. It helps more people find us, so that would be great. And I'm going to help you by telling you to not listen before bed. Listen before bed. <laughs>